You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You know, Snow White had her mirror, but we men have our mirrors too that we look into and get a reflection a little bit of who we see ourselves as. And on the Better Man podcast today, uh, we're going to take a look at our mirror. So this is Mark Matlock, and I'm here with Robert Lewis. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. You ready <laughs> gonna, for? Going to look at reflections. Going to look at reflections today. <laughs> so, when we, um, as men, there are certain things that we have in our life that we tend to look at more strongly than others in terms of how we're shaping or forming our identity. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think every every man is looking for validation. It's just real important because we want to feel important. We want to feel competent, we want to feel respected, and we look certain places to get that validation. And I think today what we want to talk about is the two mirrors I think men receive the most valuable feedback from to feel good about themselves. And they look in these two mirrors and they basically say, mirror, mirror on the wall, am I any good at all? Hmm. And they ask the mirror of work and they ask the mirror of the woman in their life. They look into those mirrors and they ask that question, am I any good at all? And they look for validation. And if they get that validation, it means a ton to them. It strengthens them. It gives them more resolve, more discipline, more energy. On the other hand, if they look into those mirrors and what gets reflected back to them is disappointment or disrespect or failure, it has a devastating uh, result in their life, which is exactly what happened to the evil queen when she would speak into that mirror and it wouldn't say to her what she wanted to hear, that she was the fairest of them all, but pointed to someone else, a la Snow White. And so it led her to murder. Well, it leads men to a lot of uh, bad places if they don't feel like they're getting the respect and validation they need. And let's face it, I mean, as men, we are looking for that validation. Sometimes we don't even know where we're really looking for it from, but we are looking for it. And so as we are on our journey to become better men, uh, one of the things we need to look at is where are we getting that feedback from and where are we getting our cues from that are you know, kind of shaping our plan right. that we have for our lives, right? That's right. We want that so badly. Of course... I don't want anybody listening to think, well, Robert and Mark are leaving out God. I mean, God is a central place of finding our identity. I'm just saying in the day-to-day of life, there are a lot of things that are giving us reflections back about whether we're important or not. The places that are primary in a man's life are usually around his work and his woman. And and he'll if he's getting good feedback there, it's amazing how it pulls him forward. If he's not, he'll wander to other places and sometimes to dangerous places. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk about the woman in a man's life. This mm-hmm. could be a wife. This could be a girlfriend. Um, talk to us a little bit about the kind of things that are reflected back to us in that relationship. Well, a man, a man and a woman is 
you know, is an essential relationship as we know. I mean, God designed it where the man and the woman would become one flesh, and out of that relationship would come all kinds of good things. So in the day-to-day of life, if you look into your wife's face and you don't see a sense of doing well or getting a response of admiration, because a man needs admiration and respect from his wife, if that's not happening, then it has a way of de-energizing him and 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 taking away uh, a sense of his self-esteem that he desperately wants and and that has a way of diminishing the kind of energy he will give then after that back to his wife so it becomes it kind of becomes a destructive cycle if you don't get it if you don't get admiration you don't give love if you don't give love <clears throat> your wife gives you less respect and if you get less respect, then you give her less love. So it just becomes a, a dangerous cycle. The key is for a man is to tell him it's, it's, it's important to him to build into his wife so he gets that respect uh, rather than just waiting to get it just spontaneously. Uh, I always tell guys, I go, if you want respect, then you need to give, you need to be the first cause. You need to give your wife the kind of love and attention that she needs so that in doing that, her response to you, seeing you love her the way she needs to be loved and be responsible the way you need to be responsible as a man, will bring that real admiration. So what you're getting back is not just words. You're getting back a passion that that you can see and feel and be esteemed by. Um, women, they love to hear the words, I love you. Uh, that means so much to a woman to feel like you really are still loving me. You still are drawn to me. That is so energizing to a woman. It's interesting to me, though, that the words a man wants to hear most are not I love you, but I admire you or I respect you. Uh, when my wife uh, walks up to me and puts her arms around me and and just and looks at me in kind of a, an uplifting way and says, you know, I really admire you or I respect you or I'm proud of you. Maybe that's even the better word. I'm just proud of you. She's seen me deal with my sons in some difficult circumstance or step up to some challenge and at the same time maintain a certain balance and respect. When she comes up and says, honey, I am so proud of you, that means everything to me. It's kind of like I'm I'm hitting the right buttons And that just energizes my life. You know, I had a similar thing happen this weekend where um, I was doing some pastoral ministry that was very difficult Mm -hmm. for a couple who had had, uh, lost a child. And as we were walking away from that, and it had pretty much changed the course of our weekend. We had a really relaxing weekend planned, and this thing uh, emerged. It wasn't anybody that we uh, knew but felt that we needed to be the ones to, to help them. And as we were driving home after the funeral, uh, my wife just said, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of the life we get to live and yeah. the things we get to do. I can't tell you that. that means did, a lot, doesn't it? It meant a lot. <laughs> it, 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 sends, it, it sends the message to the very core of the masculine soul. That's what I go. Why do it, we need that? I think it's because 
Um, I think the the goal of a man in many ways is just simply to come through and do it well. And he wants to know that he's done that. And no one can speak that in a way that doesn't sound um, like you're trying to, you know, just um, build up a person or you're just saying it for some uh, utilitarian reason. But when it comes out of the heart of a wife, it's pure and genuine. And you know it. You can see it in her face because you know your wife. And so when she says, I'm proud of you, you know you came through. Now, my wife's a pretty good mirror. Uh, I think she <laughs> reflects back to me myself when I'm at my best and probably reflects myself back to me <laughs> at, my, at my worst, too. Um, yeah, they can know, do both. By the know. way, I always, just in since we probably have women listeners, I always tell women, you know, one of the things you can do to get your husband going if you feel like he's dragging, and you don't do it in an artificial way, uh, a false way, but you think about him and think about the things in his life that he is doing well. It may just be one thing, but to pick out that one thing and then speak it back to him in a way that's genuine and authentic and say, you know, i just been watching you in this area. I'm just really proud of you for that. You are giving life-giving food to your husband to move forward with. And he'll bless you back because of that. Um, I think sometimes we forget. You don't have to be perfect in this. And if you were, you're probably never, if you have to be, you're probably never going to get any affirmation. But a woman can energize her husband in special moments by speaking those words of admiration to him. I'm proud of you. And so, wise, if you hear me, um, give your husband a gift like that. So what do we do when the feedback is not what we want it to be, or we're not getting the feedback that we need. What can we do uh, from our wives or mm-hmm. our, the women in our lives? Yeah, well, I think I think one of the things that uh, a man, if he feels like he's missing it, it, it's it again, it's a it's a strategic manhood step. But I think he's got two choices there. One, he can uh, he can share that with a friend. I think I'm failing in my marriage, or I think I'm missing it. And he can talk it out with a friend. Remember, for men, life is a team sport. You got to be locked arms with other guys in honest, open, transparent relationship because that's where you find the best in life. And so at any point in time, you're missing it. You feel like your mirror is frowning at you and your mirror being your wife. Then one, one turn is to simply bring that up with the men that are you're close to and just say, I just don't feel like I'm doing it, and let them process it with you. Because you may real quickly discover that uh, really where you're missing it is not because you aren't performing well in other areas, but maybe you're not giving your wife what she needs to respond to you. Uh, You're just maybe assuming things, and you've um, fallen off your... um, perch as far as giving life-giving substance to your wife. Maybe it's doing nothing more than calling her in the middle of the day and saying, yeah, I've been thinking of you today. Uh, you got some time to go have lunch with me or whatever? And she'll be shocked at that because you haven't done that in months. But what it says is you've been thinking her of her. Now, maybe a guy back when you had your discussion told you to do that, but it was 
It was wisdom speaking, and because you acted on it, it's authentic. And you took her out to lunch, and you had a good uh, lunch, and you talked about life a little bit, and she's been hungering for that. And then the following day, she gives you some feedback with a big hug or something like that that tells you, you're doing good now. And that reflection starts becoming circular, a circle of life rather than a circle of death. And I think that's a good thing. It's, it's funny. It reminds me, my wife and I were out at uh, a restaurant one night, and we were looking around the room, and sometimes we'll <clears throat> make up stories about different couples at different tables or different groups that are there, just kind of as a little fun little game that we play. Um, and uh, there was one couple one time that was older, and they sat down, and they didn't really talk to each other the entire meal. They ordered, but they kind of just sat there in quiet, and she just said, is that going to be us someday? Are we going to run out of things to yeah, talk about? Yeah. You know, like where we go places, but we don't engage. And so that, that, that has been a constant thing on our minds is, you know, anytime we go out, we kind of come up with, what do we want to talk about? Like we right. have a plan. Right. So oh, that yeah. we're, we're, we're truly engaging one another. But see you that, know? you know what you call that? You call that intentional marriage. It's intentional. You're thinking about things that can keep adding energy to the relationship. And the longer you've been married, the more it can be little things. I always tell guys, I said, if you want to see some real power, just go buy a little thing of sticky notes and take those sticky notes and every so often keep it in your briefcase or whatever. And when you see them, pull it out, write some little special thing. Honey, I love you. I was thinking of you today. You're still the most wonderful thing in my life. Do something that's that that's real and to the point and meaningful, and then put it in a surprise location. You know, get up in the morning, you leave before work, and she's hadn't gotten up to go to work or whatever, and you go and you put it on the steering wheel of her car. Honey, I love you, with a big smiley face. Those those kind of things add energy to the relationship because what we do is we start assuming the relationship, and that's the biggest mistake a man can make. Because it's the little things, the little uh, symbols, the little reminders that I'm still in love with you. Because what a woman wants most in a relationship is to, and I always tell guys this, you can mark this with a thousand underlines, she wants to feel love. If she feels love, she knows she is loved. But you can do everything for her, but if she doesn't feel love, it's as if she isn't loved. I don't know, Robert. That sounds like a lot of work. No, <laughs> it's not a lot of work. It's just little things. No, and if I, you do little things for her, <laughs> she'll do little things for you. No, I agree. And I, <laughs> I remember, you know, realizing how much my wife didn't. She's a really good cook. But she really doesn't enjoy picking out what we have for dinner, and she doesn't mind cleaning it up. But she really does not enjoy the act of making dinner, even though she's really good at it. And so I started taking on that task of picking the meal and making it. That changed our house, yeah, like in an amazing way. Yeah, and uh, it was a simple little little thing that just finding that thing that was stressing her out and removing that, and it changed so much. It was amazing, just that one little stressor. Great marriages are built on little things over the long haul. The big things, you know, are still going to stay the big things. Taking a real special trip or doing going to some special event or buying some special gift, those things usually stay in a marriage. It is the 
creeping separateness between a man and a woman that are built on the absence of little things. Mm. But when the little things are added, it's everything gets better. And um, and when that does, you look at your mirror, and your mirror smiles back at you, or even speaks to you in these glowing terms, like your wife did to you after that uh, moment this weekend, where she says, "I'm proud of you." And I tell you, that's where a guy knows uh, he's hit a home run when his wife can say that spontaneously to him. So if you want to be a better man, you need to look in that mirror of your spouse, uh, the woman in your or the woman in your life. Could be your girlfriend. Could be your girlfriend and kind of take a look and see how you're doing there and figure out how you can energize that by being intentional. Okay, the other mirror is the mirror of work. Our workplace. That's right. Because most of your life, a good percentage of your life, almost 66% of your conscious life as an adult is going to be in the workplace. Um, so that's where you're spending all your time, and it can be a job or it can be a calling, and there's a big difference between the two. One is something you're just grinding out to get a paycheck. Another is where you're making a real contribution, uh, not to just to your life, but to the community, the life of the community, the life of the, of the team and all that. And so it takes on a bigger characteristic, and it's a way, especially when you're skilled at your work, where you feel a certain sense in which you're bringing glory to God. And I think for a Christian man, that's a big deal, that, 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 that this work of my hands or this toil of my effort is making a real difference in people's lives that will last forever. And I think work is, in that sense, is feeding back not just a paycheck, but it's feeding back the influence you've had, the people you've blessed, the comments that are made by fellow workers or people outside about that, that you're making a difference. And a man who has his work telling him he's making a difference, that's a happy man in the workplace. So there are times when we get to do what we love to do. And there are other times when we work because literally we've just got to provide for our family. We mm-hmm. just have to, to do that. Uh, how how does the mirror change based on those two kind of contexts? You know, one's where I'm enjoying my work; it's life giving. The other one, it's sustenance. How do I how do I deal with the feedback that comes? Yeah, to this? well, I, I think when the feedback is just it, it's a it's a grind, or you're mispositioned and the the feedback is negative. I always uh, remind people that that in those moments. In those moments, you're you're living on faith ground, <laughs> and uh, what you want to do is believe two things. In those moments, one, it's still my it's still my responsibility to excel at my workplace, to 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 bring a certain uh, influence that that is saying you're getting my best, and that's especially. Um, uh, important uh, when your marriage is strong because your wife will see that and that mirror will give energy to keep you going in this spot where you see it's difficult, but you're still going about it with energy and your wife knows you hate it and she'll come along and say, I'm so proud of you. So that reinforces, it's back to the one mirror can help the other mirror. But 
The other thing I always say is when you're in a situation where it's just a grind or you feel misplaced, the the movement ought to be always to how can I get back to a passion rather than just a gritty performance. And so guys who are on jobs they're misplaced in, um, the worst thing they can say is, I just, I'm just stuck here. No man is ever stuck in a job except in his own mind. So if wow. you feel stuck, then what I would say is... Time to get unstuck. Well, it's time to get unstuck. It doesn't mean that you quit your job. But what it does mean is that you are spending other moments seeking what do I do good at, and then with the support of your wife, looking to find the courage to make that move when it's appropriate. Not foolish, but when it's appropriate. But what you don't ever say is, I just got to do this job. This is I, I spent my whole time training to be an accountant, and I'm an accountant. I hate being an accountant, so what I'm going to do is just have to grind it out the rest of my life. I go, no, that when a man speaks that way, he's speaking like a boy. That's what a boy would do. What a man would do is go, I'm going to make the most of this and use this as a platform to get a paycheck so that I can look for the job that I want to give my life to. Now, that's a man. So I had a couple experiences like this in my life where I, I was doing something that I really loved and enjoyed, got a lot of passion, mm -hmm. and I'm looking into the, the mirrors of my life, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that's not what's reflecting back. Even though I'm doing something that once did that, mm -hmm. it lost that. Which can happen. That's right. And and I think that happens to people all you the time. You outgrow it, maybe. Yeah. And I'm, just I'm the kind of guy who I need somebody to rub my nose in it a little bit and say, hey, it's time to move on, or you need to relook and find that passion again. Because uh, I think that's an important thing. I think a lot of men, they, they do get stuck. They do go, well, I like this at one point in time. They don't even realize they're not enjoying it anymore. Um, I know my daughter actually did that for me once. Um, she... She took me out to lunch and she said, you know, Dad, you know, you, you know, you're doing all the the same things that you used to do. Why aren't you experiencing any joy anymore? And I'm like, whoa, my daughter's telling me that, but I, you know, <laughs> 16 years old. Yeah. And I, but I, I looked inside and I was like, she's absolutely right. Yeah. I'm doing the things that I always done, very meaningful things. Right. But something was gone in that, and it was time to start looking. And so those mirrors can be really helpful to us as we're trying to figure out the road to better mm -hmm. and become becoming better men. Mm -hmm. uh, any other insights you have well, for us? Well, I, I think we could talk, we could do a whole session on men and transition in the workplace and what that means. We probably will. Yeah, but, I, but, but, what, but what I would say here is, again, if you are stuck in a place where you don't enjoy what you do or you've outgrown it in some way, you've moved on and you see things you could do that you want to do and so you got to let go of this usually the thing holding guys back is security that they don't want to leave the known for the unknown uh by the way i think in the 21st century they're saying that that one of the things we need to prepare our sons and daughters for is they're probably going to go through four or five or six jobs so reinvention is going to be one of the great skills of the 21st century but in my day, and somewhat in your day, jobs are more long-term, and we get in them, we train for them, and then 
sometimes we train for jobs because we hadn't really thought it through. It just sounded like a good job that we're not really cut out for. I just uh, had a family member who trained his whole life to be an eye specialist as an optometrist with a specialty in eye diseases and then got into optometry and hated it. Well, what do you do then? Oh, yeah. You know, you got, you're carrying all this debt from grad school and getting, getting your doctorate, and now you're in this job that you don't like. And so uh, I think that was, a, that was a crisis. And one of the things that I appreciated about this family member is he had a wife who could reflect back to him his, his, his disappointment, but, but she didn't reflect back to him fear. What she said is, you need to find what you want to give your life to. She gave him courage. That, that's a real helpmate. And so he came to me, and we talked about it, and I sent him to this place where they could do all this vocational testing and all that. <clears throat> and, and what he discovered in that, by, by taking that courageous step, he didn't quit his job. He kept earning income. But what he discovered in that was really, though he was good in the sciences, really what he was was an entrepreneur, and being in optometry was okay if he could turn what he did in optometry into an entrepreneurial experience. Interesting. And so they said the worst thing you can do, they told him the worst thing you can do is be in an office all day seeing patients because you're an entrepreneurial person who's got to be out new. And he came back in that and spent months thinking about it and came up with a way of creating a company that served the elderly in nursing homes with portable eye care that he could run the company and keep it growing, but not do the patient work. And he had to take a courageous step to move into that, but he did it, and now he loves his job. It makes way more than he ever made being an optometrist, and he's growing this company and hiring optometrists to work for him. But he needed that that gifting or that education optometry to do this, but really what he was was an entrepreneur. And I go, that's just one little story of many stories of guys that I've been with that just need the courage not to stay stuck. But the wife is a huge encouragement to that man in that moment if she can put down her fear of security and encourage him to do that. And if he is a good worker and he's doing uh, things that he loves and stuff like that, his mirror is going to be saying, you're doing great. The employees will be saying, you're doing great. He'll develop a reputation where people will come to him because he's doing it because he wants to be the best at it, and they'll be learning from him. All those kind of things is available to a man if the work is the right fit. But I always tell guys, never settle for anything less than the right fit no matter how many moves you have to make. And you can do it not in a reckless way. You can do it in an organized way. But what you want to do is find your calling, not just a job. Find your calling, not your job. So those are two mirrors, are the woman in our life and our work that can help us in our ability to define where we're kind of you know, struggling and, and trying to figure out our path forward, we can look at those two mirrors as kind of cues and lenses for understanding our own manhood. Well, they tell us a lot about who we are as men because most of our lives, if you think about it, are going to be at home with a woman and at work. 
That's about 90-something percent of your life. And if those two mirrors are smiling at you and you say, mirror, mirror on the wall, am I any good at all? And those mirrors say, you're real good. You're going to be a happy man. Take that and run with it this week (laughs) as you put together your better man plan. And we will uh, look forward to seeing you on a future episode. Be sure to check us out at betterman.com. Hey, this is Mark Matlock with the Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to the Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing a Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.